It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy, NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. Hi. Uh, I'm, I've got an IT hedgehog uh, on the line here. And I'm very, I'm sort of fumbling over myself, Peter, because I'm so excited. Do you know why? Because it's Victory Monday. It was, and it followed on from Victory Friday. And Thursday, Victory, Friday, so, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Um, but no, I'm excited because I think it's in it's in your um, podcasting contract here that every uh, 474 show is that you have to uh, imitate the Irish accent, so I'm waiting. <laughs> Go for no, I don't think we'll do that. Oh, you see, that's something that comes back out of context 10 years later, and then you get fired from whatever job. Um Question for you, Pete. Do you listen to rap music much? I know you probably listen to a lot, but do you have you listened to much lately? Not, n- no, not so much. Not so much. But do you ever listen to Jay Z, um, the Jigga Man, by any chance, Peter? I I know who he is, Stephen. Right. That's a, that's a start. I, I, he's he's one of those guys that when I'm flicking the channels on MTV and he's there, oh. I'm moving on to the next channel. So See, I probably go. listen to snips of ten second snips of lots of his songs, but mm. that's about as much as I know. Well, now we know Peter likes to flick the music channels looking for popular music. So Peter is on top of the times. Uh, Dua Lipa fan, maybe Pete. No, look, Jay-Z she's is... Okay. She's okay. She's, you know what? She's actually underrated and you get her acoustic set. You know what? Her NPR appearance, quite good. Her and Anderson Pack, I'd recommend it. They didn't do it together. Um, Jay-Z, uh, Peter... Let's talk about him for a second. Jay-Z is one of these guys, right, who, you know, he talks about slinging dope, if you will. Not something you or I have done, uh, I wouldn't imagine, although not unless we can pause here, Pete, and you can tell me if you have been. Absolutely not. No. Slinging dope. No slinging dope. Um, so he says he is, but look, here he's a guy, he's been rapping since like the 80s, right? And he hasn't been poor since the late 80s, probably early 90s. Yet, if you listen to his song, I'm a big fan of his, by the way. I'm not slagging him off. Um, but it's it's one of these things where, like, you know, he has to be relatable. So he has to rap about struggle and all this type of stuff. So he talks about him regularly being from the streets. Now, what I would say, Pete, is, is that Jay-Z, uh, you know, has not seen the... Um, has seen the inside of a limousine now for for the best part of 30 to 40 years. So he can't really be going on about how he, you know, lives life on these streets. Um, have you ever been in a cult, Peter, by any chance? Uh, only a Packers, only Packers fans. Which no. is very strong. But none, none of those, Pete, that like you predict the end of the world or anything. Am I right no, in saying you've no, never... No. Being one of those. Well, you see, the thing about those as well, Pete, is is that it must come to a stage where when someone says, right, the, you know, October 7th, the, it's the reckoning, everything's going to happen. And I have a point with all of this, Jay-Z included. And, um, you know, we're going to be spited or smited from this earth by God. And, you know, we better just, you know, get on with it and all this type of stuff. And then the day comes and you're sitting there in your robe and you realize, shit, I got it wrong, I think. And then you'd sort of push it out a week and say, I oh, know God, he was busy that day. And then eventually, you know, five years later, you go, oh, what a silly Billy. Now, Pete, what I would ask is, it's like Jay-Z, who is sort of, you know, still clinging on to that whole street life thing. And like these cults who have to realize that they're, you know, kind of what they were saying all along was a load of pish tosh. Do you think that win against the Cardinals and the sustained success on their mantle floor has kind of laid waste a bit to these cultish notions. I said cultish. Um, that, you know, the front office are not in, that the Packers are deficient in some way, that we lack weaponry on some side of the ball. 
um, because we I saw a comment um, after during or whatever the game of of some woman said that she got lambasted for saying that oh look Goody's actually doing a good job. So Peter, these narratives of weapons and first round wide receivers, God forbid, or wide receivers or whatever tight ends, uh, you know, defense, you know, like this is a team Pete that's been banged up to bits, and they found a way to win. And what I would argue is, and you can you can take this point and you can beat me up with it, but what I would say is is that for a long time I've been asking people that have come on who have sort of vouched from out the floor, is this him? Is this all about scheme? Is that what you're seeing? Are they getting lucky? Are they just staying healthy? And for a while, Pete, the narrative was is that, oh, look, they just managed to stay healthy. It's a once-off. Uh, once they get injured, then we'll see who this team really is. Everybody's injured now, Pete. Unfortunately, Robert Tanyan with him. He's out for the season with an ACL tear. Um, it's a little more nuanced, Pete, isn't it, than just needing one player or one player to do this or get over the hump with that or whatever. And it's a collaborative effort. And it sort of proves that any team can be beaten by any team on any given day. And the Jets got their first win. Uh, we saw the Bucks go down to the Saints. And um, we saw Dallas with their third string quarterback get the win as well. So, Peter, I mean, it's unfortunate sometimes for teams like the Packers where we go down in an NFC Championship game. But surely now that can't be put down to not having one player to get over that hump. It's just circumstance. I think it's absolutely circumstance. And I think... You know, winning, probably winning in any sport, but winning in, in, in football is a combination of factors. You know, it's having good players. It's having good character players. It's having great coaching, very good coaching. It's having a good front office. It's having an environment that, that players, you know, like playing. It's it's being lucky with injuries. Um, it's all of those things. And, you know, and you can probably win. You don't have to have all of those to win. Hmm. But but the fewer of those that you've got, the less likely you are to win. Yeah. And and I don't think you can ever put winning or losing just down to one one thing. You know whether that's you've got no wide receivers or the defensive line is poor or oh yeah you know the draft's been rubbish for the last ten years. Whatever it might be, they're all factors. Mm. But but it, but I don't think it's ever it's ever one thing. Yeah. Because what I think is is that there's this really weird societal obsession with perfection. Um, this thing of, you know, these these tweets surface 10 years later when someone was being an arse. Um, and sometimes they're horrendous to the point where you're like, oh, God, I understand why, you know, there's a furore about this. And then other times you're like, okay, well, the guy was eight. Um, you know, there's those famous sort of joke ones about Mitch Trubisky flying around. There's that level of like, if you're in a position of anything, well, then you cannot be imperfect, which is just bonkers. But then also when you look at teams and sports and sportsmen and all this type of stuff, like Lewis Hamilton, for instance, you know, they look at him and they go, well, he should be winning all the time. And if he's not, he's crap, you know, or Roger Federer or and with the Packers, they look at it and go, all right, well, they haven't won the Super Bowl. So anything else is just trash and they're terrible. And there's no enjoying because that's what i don't know why i'm getting so philosophical now but it's that whole thing of enjoy the journey and there's no sort of nuance to the enjoyment of the human condition and life anymore it seems to be oh the packers lost the game i think they should have got a wide receiver 10 years ago that's the reason why they lost that's it that's the finite reason also if they had a god x player well then it definitely would have happened that this would have happened and then everything would be fine like it's such a yeah, how do you argue that? It's you know, and it's like arguing. Oh, it's definitely going to rain in four days. It's definitely going to rain, and then when it doesn't rain, 
where are those people down there saying that it was going to rain? It sort of proves that, look, as you said, is that the Packers don't have a perfect front office. They don't have perfect players. They don't have a perfect, you know, health streak, obviously. But they seem to have enough of what we need, Pete, to contend at the very least. And I think that's I think that's absolutely right. And I think that that's the way that they've looked on it for, you know, for two or three decades now is if you're good enough in enough areas, you're going to be consistently knocking on the door and eventually the door will open. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's plenty of teams, you know, in the in the last 10, 20, 30 years that have proved, for example, that you don't have to have a Hall of Fame quarterback to win Super Bowls. Trent Dilfer's won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson's won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. So that just proves that there's a different route, you know, that different teams can take. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure for the longest time, those teams, the you know, Tampa Bay that Brad Johnson was quarterback in and Flacco at Baltimore and stuff, their fans were arguing, well, we should have drafted this quarterback and drafted that quarterback. Yeah, but if you had, you probably wouldn't have drafted Ray Lewis or, or whoever it might be. So there's, so, there's, so there's always these, you know, you can't have everything. And I, and I, and I think it is a be about being consistently good across a number of areas and accepting that, you know, you might have a, an injury crisis or a, a particular spot, or, or you just might get unlucky. That's the, that that's the way it goes. But I think if you're consistently good and doing the right things, then you know you're going to get to the playoffs and you're going to get deep into the playoffs and you're going to keep knocking on the door and hopefully the door opens. Yeah, because look, there's so many. Look at those teams back in the '80s. Uh, what team was that again? That kept getting was it the the Rams kept getting to the Super Bowl but not winning, or the Niners that happened to them as well? Maybe am I right in saying the Buffalo Bills? Buffalo Bills got to four on the trot. Yeah. Oh come on. Like I mean, if that's the thing, is that look they've got there and then circumstances kind of worked against yep. them, and that's the thing, and that's what I, you know, and. I think the older I'm getting, I'm probably the more grumpy, but the older I'm getting, the more um, I'm sort of looking at it and going, you know what, let's just enjoy, let's just enjoy it. Because the thing is, it's not going to be perfect. And I'd rather have, and this is controversial, but I'd rather have sustained high-level performance than a one flame-out of a season. Because you look at the Cardinals, and this is something that I raised before that game, was are they punching above their weight? Because every year we see this happen where... It's not a real linear evolution like the Packers had. And I question that too, whether if they bring back the same players, will we have the same success? Is it strength of schedule? Is it health that we're just healthy at that time? Is it Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder needing to put up an MVP season to stick it to this person or that person? And it's probably a mixture of all of those things. But the yeah, thing is, the is. Packers have had sustained excellence, Pete, for yep. a very long time now. Unfortunately, not the Super Bowls to show for it, but we could delve into that. That's a whole different thing. I would rather that, Pete, and see Cam Newton get to the Super Bowl on a team that was damn near perfect. You raised it last week, the Steelers, who sort of marched out to an unbeaten record and then disintegrated for the rest of the season and flamed out early. Uh, Leicester City, they go on and win the Premier League and Jamie Vardy breaks all these Van Nistel, Roy, Royian, that's the word, um, records of goal scoring consecutively and all this type of stuff. Where are they now? I'd prefer to be... The Packers, who you know, consistently give you something to root for, try to go about it the right way, instead of just dumping a ton of money into something and then just hoping for the best, having one good season and then going back into rebuild mode for a decade. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hundred, hundred percent agree. You know, and and I think that, and, it, and it's easy to sit here and say, I mean, I was about about to say, I think if they'd, they'd had the bounce of the ball, the rubber to green a couple of times, they'd have had two or three Super Bowls. But I believe that mm. to be true. Yeah. Um. 
but that's just one of that's just one of those things. You know, I think I think you know we could easily be sitting here as Detroit Lions fans, or let's say Minnesota Vikings fans, hmm. who who you know generally speaking are eight or nine or ten wins a season, maybe seven, and they're knocking on the door of making the playoffs, but never seem to go any further. How frustrating would that be? Yeah, which is, and that's the thing. And, and when I look at Green Bay, I, I honestly do see people trying to make the right decisions. Some some of the stuff. I won't lie, is head scratching. You know, I mean, and we can go into that type of stuff um, and not to do disrespect to anybody in the jobs because we don't really have the insight. Of course, there's stuff that you look at and go, what in the, why are they doing that? Or why is he saying that? Why did he say, why did I let him go? Why did they sign him? You know, but all of these things of, that's, that's just a hit or miss. I Like, we've all made massive mistakes or little ones, you know, trying to sort of do something that we thought would work and then it didn't go well. You know, so they're willing to try, but... Again, it's it's like the the old anecdote of like when the suppliers used to go into the Bears and when they used to come into the Packers, they would see a difference in motivation that the Packers were all in and, you know, going for the Super Bowl and had that sort of level of excellence, whereas the Bears just wanted to beat the Packers, you know, um, and that's the type of that's kind of where they're at. Now, not to waste up too much time, uh, getting too sort of philosophical and pontificating about stuff, but I guess in a point P for me is that I'm just learning more to just enjoy the process of it all. And just to be proud of the team and just how much to try give it loads all the time. It doesn't always happen. When we go off West, they make an absolute show of themselves sometimes and don't appear for the game. But you'll hear us on the podcast talking about how disgraceful that is, you know, and, and questioning why Matt LaFleur isn't drumming up the troops enough or what's going on in the locker room that he needs to say they didn't show up today. And that isn't acceptable yeah. either. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, and, you know, the more I think about the Cardinals game from Thursday night, you think that's. You know what? What a what a what a fantastic victory that is, and yeah. we we should enjoy that for 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 what it was. You know, um, it answered a lot of questions. It says to not just us Packers fans who are biased, but but to the whole American football watching world, if you like, that the Packers are going to be there or thereabouts. Mm. That doesn't mean they're going to get to the Super Bowl, but it doesn't mean they're not. You know, it means that that. They're going to go to the playoffs. They're probably going to go deep into the playoffs and that, that door will hopefully open. Yeah, because that's the thing I see when I look at this team, Pete. I'm thinking, do you know what? Legitimate contenders. Uh, you see the strategy because I was listening to, you know, the usual roundup of the week in games and people talking strategy and what they saw. And a couple of times in different games, I heard them say, oh, well, this coach, the, the Vikings, for instance, oh, they kept trying to run the ball. They weren't taking any deep shots. That was the wrong strategy because of this reason. And then you look at Matt LaFleur's strategy of, like Aaron Rodgers barely let rip at all. The, the long was actually to Tonyan, I believe. And then, you know, he picked up that injury yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But apart from that, Pete, they didn't really try to take deep shots. And you might go, oh, of course, because he'd no wide receivers and all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but again, Tonyan still, you know, caught a ball. They still ran the ball. And if you look at the stats behind that, Pete, it was nothing sexy, really. Um, you know, the, it was sort of hard yardage. But it just seemed like the game plan was well executed. I'm not going to say it's immaculate, of course, nothing is. But... Um, it just really does still seem like that Lafleur knows what he's doing. Um, they, you know, there's points left out there, but at the end of the day, we I asked you before this game, what would this say about the Packers and what would it say about the Cardinals if they won this game? And you're after going through it there, Pete. What impressed you about the Packers in this game? Was it to do with that sort of schematic thing? Was it individual performances? You know, because we saw the Cardinal killer at the very end, that interception. What's the things that stand out to you about it? Well, I think the I think the first thing is what you've already mentioned—the fact that the running game got going—and and 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 as you've quite rightly said, you know, this wasn't 
a 15-yard run here and a 30-yard run there. This was, you know, five yards here, seven yards there, three yards there, six yards there. And it was consistent, picking up positive yardage. Um, and it did what we talked about last week. You know, it it slowed the game down. Hmm. It um, helped the Packers overcome the lack of, you know, the injured wide receivers. Um, and kept the Cardinal offense off the field, which is again what we what we talked about last week. You know, won the time of possession battle, and I think that's the first time we've seen that Packers running game really come together like that this season. It's it's not sexy, like you say. There's there's not many balls being thrown down the field last last Thursday night, but it it was it was fantastic, and it was really good to see Jones and Dylan picking up yards. A lot of them really tough yards really tough yards Mm. you know they both broke broke tackles and had to make yardage by themselves and that for me was the the key to the to the game and then on the defensive side of the ball I mean again you know we mentioned some of the names last week and you just picked out Russell Douglas yes the interception at the end of the game obviously fantastic but that guy was at a super game all the way through yeah you know and you know where's he come from well we know he came from the Cardinals practice squad, but it, but you know, but the, your general question, like Devondre Campbell, it's um, it's great to see that you think the Packers could win games in multiple ways because the offense hasn't yet hit an explosive stride, and you think that's yet to come this season. So I think that's the most impressive thing through, I guess, through the whole of these eight games or the the seven game winning streak is is that it looks like the Packers can win games in any number of ways yeah which brings me to the whole thing of and the opinion that people have I I, th- I just don't agree with it you know this thing of if you know once back to Harry comes back and Devontae's back and Jair's back and you know they start sort of reaming you know Z Smith apparently is feeling like a new man and I love someone's comment that said but I like the old one <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah fair <laughs> enough um, I don't know Pete like I, I think the the performances for me are is sort of points towards good strategy um, you know we're getting fortunate and unfortunate sometimes with certain calls uh, with some sort of brain fart plays sometimes we get home sometimes we don't there seems to be just enough of everything to grind yeah. out a win and to, to go home with another dub. So when I look at these things of all these other players coming back, um, I don't think it's a case of like, you know, the team are doing well in spite of this. And the, let's just let's just hang on. Let's just wait for these dudes to come back and then we're going to knock up a 50 burger. I still see for some reason, and it's the same reason why when I was looking at this Arizona game and I was saying like, of course, of course, on paper, you look at this, they're undefeated. We're going there. It's a short week. We're decimated with injuries. It got worse when Devontae got COVID and Alan Lazard was out. You know, but I look at these and I'm kind of thinking, you know, I I think we put up a better, I think it'll be closer than we thought. And that's what we said on the last one. Yes, we should lose. But I don't know. There's something about this that makes me think they can eke it out. I didn't think they'd do Mm -hmm. it in the fashion that they did. And similarly, Pete, I don't think for some reason that once they bring all these other players back, is that it's, yes, it's an upgrade in the players we have. But when you see Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell and uh, Dean Lowry's having a a wonderful season, you know, and you see these guys and you're thinking, yes, of course, Devontae coming back gives you more options. But, it seems like they're just going to do the right thing anyway. So they're going to end up winning the game probably in a similar fashion. So I don't think people can expect to sort of march towards the playoffs or a bye week and think, 
Grant, the minute we get healthy now, we're going to come back and shut teams out completely. I think it's going to be more of the same, and hopefully we can make it deep into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. But, you know, it's not going to be anything drastically different than what's happening right now. Yeah, and I think I think it's all about, you know, gearing your game plan to to who your opponent is, but also to who you are and to what you've got and, and, and what you've got in any particular week. So, you know, there's, there's going to be games when they're going to throw the ball more, you know, when the weapon, when the weapons are back and depending on who they're, who they're playing, um, but there'll be games where they have to have to run the ball more like they did this past week. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's more about that for me than, than the guys coming back. And I think it's any, you know, all coaches are going to try and try and gear their game plan to a particular, you know, circumstance. It's have you got the players? Are they good enough? Are they disciplined enough to be able to carry it out? Hmm. Uh, and you know, and, and the Packers so far have shown that they are. Do you know what sort of strikes me though? So Matt Lafleur has, has largely been left out of, and now again from whatever barometer this is, is from these online polls, Pete, that are kind of looking at the coach of the year, and they're looking everywhere else but Matt Lafleur. And the reasoning, apparently, and again, I haven't, I haven't really expressly seen this out there, but you know, that's the reason for it, I guess. Um, even anecdotally, is the fact that, oh, look, he has Aaron Rodgers. He was the MVP last season. So when you have an MVP quarterback, it makes your life an awful lot easier. And, and the answer to that is obviously it does. But, you know, the, the mastery that, that Matt LaFleur, for instance, uh, two things point to it and they're kind of contradictory. Number one is that his teams always seem up first. Uh, they change the game plan with whoever they're up against. And they don't usually get absolutely waxed out of it. Um, and, you know, the games sometimes are close and the Packers get over the hump and a bit of magic from Aaron Rodgers and, you know, some sort of play and they end up winning the game. But it's too consistent over so many seasons now to think, oh, it's just one player who puts the team on his back. And it, it, It's obviously not that. The scheme and the, the culture and everything that's been built up around the team would point towards Matt LaFleur being an awful lot more cerebral and sophisticated and he's evolving as well because we don't we see that all the time Pete that a, a you know a coach comes in he sets up a, a successful season people sniff it out and then they shut him down we still see that inventiveness like with the shovel yep. pass that happened a couple of weeks ago but the other frustrating thing as well though and it has to be said about Matt LaFleur is is that on the games that he has got blown out it seems to always point towards the fact that it, on a couple of those games, don't get me wrong, is that we were just mismatched. Um, you know, when you look at that San Fran game and we we're being shoved around the place yeah. and we're definitely being mismatched on a coaching standpoint because when we see, you know, what the um, the Niners offensive line was able to do to shove our D-line around to create gaps for, for Moster to run through and all that kind of stuff. But a large portion of those games, Pete, has been traveling out west and the team being accused of not being up for the game. That has to fall... Of course, on these millionaire players, but also on the coaches for some reason that, you know, if this is if this is something that keeps on happening, well, then you have to lay the blame at their feet. So although Matt LaFleur has been excellent at one thing, he, he's sort of been deficient on the other thing. And if they just sort that part out, they're consistent contenders all the time. Um, is it the Aaron Rodgers factor why you think Matt LaFleur um, isn't getting looks in, Pete? Or do you think do you think it is? it has to do, obviously, with someone? If you have an Aaron Rodgers, your job, like Pep Guardiola in, in the past, gets a little bit easier. So I think it's a bit of both. Uh, but but generally speaking, I think I think it's... The, the, the Packers have been successful for the best part of three decades now. Yes, there have been the odd season thrown in there where, where it's not been so good. But generally speaking, every year, year in, year out, the Packers have been contenders, right? There, you, you can, you probably have got good money if you'd have bet, you know, 
25 years ago that the Packers would win 10 games every season because you'd have won most seasons, right? Um, so I think the general consensus is that the Packers are a winning organisation and that, therefore, the difference a coach can make to them winning when they're already winning isn't that big. And I, I don't agree with that, by the way, but I think that's the general the general view. Yeah. Um, you know, if the, if the Packers were eight and eight every year now, then I think somebody would be knocking knocking the coach. But I think conversely, I don't think he gets the credit for the 13 and three seasons. And I think that's just simply that memories are, sh- are, are short. And I think that people just see the Packers as a, generally speaking, as a, win- as a winning organization. Now, a lot of that's been down to the quarterback play. Yes, of course it has over the last 30, 30 years or so. You can't, you know, you can't knock that and can't forget that. You know, two two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, or one Hall of Fame and one Hall of Fame to be quarterback. So that helps. Obviously, it helps. But I think it's more. I think it's just more about um, when you're winning anyway. You come in there. It's difficult to work out, as you've said. The Pep Guardiola things are great. You know, a great example of that in soccer is, you know, would Man City, with all the money that they've got, win with a different coach? Now, we don't know the answer to that question, but it's a question. And and I think that's the same question that people will ask of, of Matt LaFleur. It's a winning organisation and they've got a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. Would he be as successful without? Mm. Now, I think he would still win without. I'll be really honest with you. I do. Um, and I think that I have to hold my hands up and say, I didn't expect Matt LaFleur to come out and have two 13 and three seasons. I just didn't expect it. Um, so I, I don't think we know the answer to the question, but I think it's unfair on Matt LaFleur. He definitely should be a coach of the year contender. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And like you, when I first saw that press conference and saw Mark Murphy talk more than him, and then when he did come on the mic um, and he seemed sort of a bit cheapish and a bit emotional and stuff like that, I was kind of thinking, you know, this is an awful lot for a first-time head coach to come into this uh, atmosphere and they could potentially go toxic between his age and his lack of experience. He'd one year of play calling experience. It really is miraculous. And the fact that he's taken over the all-time NFL record, Pete. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's really interesting to me, it's kind of an aside, but I'm glad you mentioned it, you know, Mark Murphy there. People knock Mark Murphy, mm. you know, for, for this, that and, and the other, and he doesn't care about winning and all of that stuff that you see written, yeah. particularly in social media. Don't ever forget that it was Mark Murphy that employed Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Mark Murphy that took that decision to employ that coach. I, re- I Do you know what, Pete? There's a guy, I don't know who he is, what his actual Twitter handle is, because you know where you can have a name and then you have your Twitter handle and it's the name you usually see. And his Twitter name has been for about two or three years now, Fire Mark Murphy. And I just don't understand that <laughs> mindset. I don't understand the logic. Now, again, like, you know, God forbid I be accused of being a homer here. Um, but the thing is, is look, we I've been doing this now eight years um, and we've been looking at the team. We've been analysing the team and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's hard not to have an affinity to the team when you're a fan and you want them to win. We're not one of these moaners, you know, who just uh, sort of like to moan all the time. But here's a few kind of um, just just idle, random observations about how not everything is the same. You look at the success that Matt Stafford is having with L.A., yeah. Um, fantastic quarterback and uh, like I've said that for many years now that I think he's he's literally he's top echelon he's one of the best he just wasn't surrounded by a whole lot and you look at when he had Hall of Famer 
Megatron there. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers and the way he talks about it. He goes to Devontae and then he goes to whoever else after. And then you look at the defense and you go, oh, well, the Lions defense sucked. And then you look when they had Dominic and Sue and um, Ziggy Anson and all these players. And you're kind of thinking, geez, they were pretty dominant. You know, and then you look at, so they had Matt Stafford with Megatron and he used to go to him and quadruple coverage and still come down with the ball. They've had good defenses from time to time. And like, that's literally what the Packers are, no? I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at Devontae and you look at Jordy and, you know, he's had a different sort of top echelon receivers, but usually only the one standout, whereas Tay was young and Jordy was there and all this type of stuff. And then you look at that on the Lions side and then you look at the the Pants defenses that the Packers had from time to time. And the organizations are actually freakishly comparable in certain ways. And then you look at that and go, well, what is the difference then between... Because they've been wildly different. I mean, the, the Lions went winless versus the Packers getting to the Super... You know, almost to the Super Bowl yep. every year. So you look at that and go, well, there's obviously different elements in it. It's organizational culture, but also coaching. So you'd sort of wonder, well, then, just by that comparison alone, the Matt LaFleur deserves... Well, he's the win- most winningest coach through 40 games in NFL history. So, And he didn't take yep. over a team that had went 15-1. and won. You know, he took over a team that was in absolute disarray that was under Joe Philbin as interim coach. And the whole structure of the organization was changed to how they report to Mark Murphy. So it's not as if he came into an ideal situation either. Absolutely. And I think people also miss that, that you know, a good coach or a good manager in any, in any walk of life surrounds himself with good people. Hmm. You know, and I think that Matt LaFleur has done that with his, with his coaching staff. People that he's comfortable working with um, you know, we're not there. We don't see it. But you imagine there's people in there that would that would be prepared to shift and shape and and perhaps say no to Matt Lafleur on occasion. So look, Matt, I think maybe this play will work. This one won't, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All of that kind of stuff, hmm. rather than being a bunch of yes men. And I, I think people miss that. And I think you're absolutely right when you mention culture. I would imagine that if you were the same player and you walked into the Packers organization, you walked into the Lions building, you know, you walk into the Packers building and you think, I'm going to a winner. Yeah. And you walk into the Lions building and and you're wondering where your next win's coming from. And that makes a huge difference in sport. You know, the the mental, you, you know, I expect to win when I walk into the Packers building. I expect to lose when I walk into the Lions building. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it's not something, and it's not something that you can just change with by getting this superstar or that superstar. Yeah. yeah. That, that comes from good coaching. It comes from good people. It comes from good attitude. Yes, it comes from good players, but it comes from all of those things. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen coaches try to do it. We saw um, Josh uh, McDaniels go to the Broncos and he was wearing you know hoodies with the sleeves cut off and he was trying to bring <laughs> in the Belichick way and it didn't work. We saw... Coaches on hard knocks bang up these lovely little uh, Instagrammable quotes up on the walls like winning is not, you know, whatever. And they don't work. So it really is a culture thing. And here's another thing for you. Last year, this was an awful lot easier to sort of put this whole thing down to like, oh, you know what? It's just it's the team is good. It's like when Lombardi came in, you know, like and that team was absolutely down in the dumps. And then he made Hall of Famers out of nearly every one of them. And you're kind of thinking, was it him? Or were they just sitting there and he got lucky because he could utilize it? But then you look at uh, Mike McCarthy. So last year, it was very easy, Pete, 
to go, oh, Mike McCarthy's having an absolute mare. What a crap coach. So it was Aaron Rodgers all along. Um, and now he's absolutely flying high this year with the Cowboys. So you look at that and go, okay, then is he a good coach? You know, he makes questionable uh, clock decisions, um, of course. But does he have what he needs there? You know, like what? And it's very hard to make that comparison. Yeah, it really is. And that's why I think I, I think it's easy to jump on a on a bandwagon of this or a bandwagon of of that. And I, and I think as we started this whole conversation, I think it's there's a multi, multitude of things that come into go into winning. And, you know, you might have a coach that's not great at one thing, but, but he can potentially overcome that because he's good at six or seven other things. Yeah. No, as you said, nobody's nobody's perfect. None of us have never made mistakes. Um, but it's about, you know, playing to playing to your strengths, isn't it? And accepting there's going to be certain things. I might be a head coach who's not a good play caller. So I'm going to employ an offensive genius who's a really good play caller. That doesn't make me a bad head coach. That makes me a damn good head coach for employing, recognizing that that guy actually can call plays better than me. Mm. So I'm going to let him do it. Surely that's part, part of what it's about. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a that's the textbook definition of management, right? Is getting yeah. results through people, and that's what yeah. that's what people are doing. I don't know. I, I know this this podcast has been particularly philosophical. I'm probably very <laughs> uh, supportive of the organization in in that way, leaning. But that's just personally how I feel, and, and obviously, you've just expressed your opinion too. That's why I'm enjoying being um, a fan of this team lately, Pete, because I see that the organization are really trying. And what I would say is, and and I'll say this time and again until it all falls apart is that I feel like, um, as I've said and as you've said, no one's perfect and the situation itself is not perfect, but it's just enough perfection or imperfection, if you will, um, to be one big melting pot of everything happened and gelled for a reason. We've all been in friendships and relationships and jobs and all of this sometimes where you just you hit that sweet spot and you don't realize you had it so good sometimes until it's gone. You know, yeah. until you leave that job or you get a new boss or you move teams or one of these things and you realize just how hellish it is on the other side. So while, you know, people are bemoaning not signing everybody or while they're saying, oh, I can't believe oh, yeah, we're going to get to the NFC Championship game and dump out again because the team are crap, you know, which is just a, a, an oxymoron anyway. But, you know, it's just I'm I'm feel like I've appreciated, I guess, being a fan in this time. And it's sort of it's like a near-death experience almost with Aaron Rodgers almost leaving and all that kind of stuff is that like it's not just Matt LaFleur although he's a massive part of it it's not just Aaron Rodgers but he is playing at MVP level it's not Mark Murphy even though he brought in Matt LaFleur and and you know is, is going into the share sale thing and everything else trying to do good for the organization it's not just Gudekunst and the fact that you know he's trying to make a hit every time he's missed a lot but he, then he ended up hitting on stuff because he missed the other ones and it all just circumstance that comes together. So no one in this whole deal is perfect, but it's all just sort of crashed together and not in a one-hit wonder way that like we've seen from Carolina Panthers teams or Leicester City in the Premier League or whatever, you know, who are, I know are there and thereabouts. But like, you know, this just seems like it's all come together to foster this supercharged attitude and it's all built one on top of the other to give Matt LaFleur that record and to give the Packers this success. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we mentioned it earlier, the Devondre Campbells, the Russell Douglases, um, those kind of guys, why are they being so good at the Packers when they clearly weren't that good somewhere else? Yeah. Or they weren't being recognized as being good. Somewhere? And again, it's about the organization they're in. 
It's about the coaches they're around. It's about the other players they're around. Horses for courses and, and all of that stuff. And I think that what we're seeing with this Packers team, I mean, you mentioned like the Detroit Lions with Megatron and Matthew Stafford and Dominican Sue. So, so they had some great superstar players. And this Packer team's got some great superstar players. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Bakhtiari, et cetera, et cetera, Kenny Clark, Jair. But what they've also got is that next group of players who are really, really good. So guys that aren't necessarily earning a lot of money, guys that if you if you didn't follow the Packers, you might not even know who they are. Hmm. The, the Devondre Campbells, the Rizal Douglas, I know he's only been there um, a few weeks, um, the John Runyons, the Billy Turners, all of those kind of guys. You mentioned Dean Lowry, you're right, as having a fantastic season. You know, all of those kind of guys that don't get a lot of press, don't get a lot of notice, but but those are the guys that are really making the difference. Yeah, which is amazing, really, because they're looking at the OBJs and they're looking at all of these, you know, like that uh, Broncos move today with uh, Von Miller. They're looking at all of these, Pete, and are, like understandably you go, well, he that's the difference maker. But it seems that yeah. this season the difference maker is Henry Black coming down with an interception. Yeah. You know, with, as you said, like Dean Lowry, um, Devondre Campbell. Like, for instance, there, there's a perfect example of it. Devondre Campbell was never really given the trust that he felt that he deserved to, to take a playbook and to run with it and trust his instincts and all that. He's obviously come to the stage in his career where he's been humbled because he was signed off the street. Um, he still has that self-belief that hasn't crushed his spirit. The Packers were in dire and desperate need of an inside linebacker. Uh, so much so that they literally allowed him to to roll with it, run with it, and to have that sort of level of freedom within a system that he was obviously uh, had the you know mental acuity to to pick up quickly and get in there. So that's a credit to him, and all of that stuff just came together. Whereas if he got signed by another team, maybe he's just another cog in the machine. He's not seeing. Yeah. He doesn't feel that valued. And so to feel that value with the Packers beat makes him have this breakout season in which the stage of the career he's at, which is exceptional. Um, so it's one of those things, Pete, to me that it this is just a freakish melting pot of coming together where it's the right place at the right time for so many different situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, the injuries are bad. It's enough to sort of... If the Packers did not do well, they would have an absolutely fantastic get-out-of-jail-free card in the sense that they'd say, well, look, we're banged up everywhere. I mean, what yeah. do you expect from us? And that would have been a valid excuse, but they're not taking it this time. Yeah, it's just a fantastic time, again, to be a Pack to be a Packers fan. You know, and you know, I've been trying to think since, since Thursday night, you know, that win over Arizona, what game from the past can I equate that to? And, and it's really difficult to do that because it was a real statement game for this, you know, for the 2021 Packers. And it's difficult to go back in time and think, of a statement game quite like that where you think the Packers are good, you know, they're a good record and you think they're good, but you still have those question marks in your, in your own mind. And, you know, as we said last week, you know, going out West on a, on a short week against a seven and O team with all of these injuries and COVID and everything else. And to come through that game and win, which, Again, I hold my hands up. I did not expect. I thought yeah. they'd play well, but I didn't expect them to win. I think that that says a heck of a lot. Yeah. And look, I mean, I know we've sort of been talking about how, how great it all is and all that. Of course, there's deficiencies and there's points being left out there. There's inaccurate throws. There's missed tackles. There's 
circumstance that comes down, you know, like if, if, if AJ Green had just turned around, you know, it would have been an awful lot different than maybe we'd be talking about. But again, we would have had the excuse of, oh, well, it was a shame that we let it slip, but we had it right to the death. And like, what can you do? You get beaten at the very end. Um, so it, it isn't perfect, but it's a nice sweet spot. It kind of reminds me of the United of like the whatever 90s where, you know, it's just this sort of, it's steeped in success. They're doing good things. Of course, we don't have as many trophies to win with the Packers, and that's got to really annoy people who aren't United fans. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it has that whole thing of, like, there's magic kind of around the coach, and there's magic around individual players that they're sort of lifted up like absolute superstars, like Cantona and all these players, and Alex Ferguson's, you know, the best. So, I don't know, there's something special, like, both in the coaching staff and both on the field and then the atmosphere off the field and the storylines that go with it it's just such a mad time that i think they look back on pete and go oh that was the season rogers almost left and man the floor came in and broke yep. records and i don't know there's just a twinkle of magic there that just makes me warm and fuzzy inside uh, i i i 110 agree and you we don't know how this thing's going to play out but i but but you know I, I, it's just difficult for me to think of a more uh what's the word a more exciting result mm. performance than what they had and i don't mean exciting by throwing long bombs and stuff like that but to be able to overcome all of those things and win that game with excellence all over the field you know it wasn't like you relied on your quarterback to throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns or or you didn't rely on you know your running back having 250 yards rushing or something silly it was all over the field, and it, and I don't know. It it's it's just a really good time to be a Packers fan, and we we don't know how this thing's gonna gonna play out, but but we cannot downplay how excellent that performance was. It really really was. Yeah, great game. Um, and the thing is, can we keep it up? If you look at the Chiefs and they're struggling, but then they could come back tonight, for instance, and have a blowout game, and then that sort of throws it all up in the air. But it's um, it's like getting when I when I got the stuff in for the Razpeed, I got a Jordan Love jersey, and knowing full well that this could all end with him getting traded and Aaron Rodgers somehow them finding money behind the Green Bay's Packers sofa and being able to bring him <laughs> back somehow, um, you know, and that Jordan Love could move on, but. The jersey itself and his signature has a love heart, of course. Um, you know, you'd have to jump on that. So it's just, do you know what? It's more of a statement piece than anything else. Even if he doesn't go on to do anything, to have, you know, it'd probably be like having a Ryan Leaf jersey, maybe. You know, it's like having something. Uh, I'm not saying Jordan loves a Ryan Leaf, but it's just to have something that has that much meaning to it. And, and for what that all brought on, the media furore around the whole thing. It's just a fascinating season. But um. Yeah, do you think the Packers can keep this up? Because we've waxed lyrical about how schmoozy and great <laughs> this team is. Um, but, you know, it doesn't seem to me, Pete, that the the team has much more of a backbone, I think, than to let this sort of slide into some weirdness at the back end of the season. Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree. You know, and th there will be, I expect there will be some more losses along the way, right? So, so oh yeah, they may go 16-1, and one, but I'd be, I'd be very surprised. So, so, so if this is a thirteen and four team, for example, or a fourteen and three team, there's a couple more losses yet to come. Yeah. So let's not get down when those losses happen. That's what happens. Um, you know, and and the Kansas City game is going to be a really tough game. Yeah, Kansas City have been struggling, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and you know, let's not think that he's kind of what some kind of one year or two year wonder because he isn't. No. You know, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback to be. And I know we're talking very early in his career, 
but you know, and you and you've said it right. That's an offense that could can explode with Tyreek Hill and those guys on anybody, and could put up forty or forty-five or fifty points on almost anybody. Yeah. Um, so so you know, before the season started, the Chiefs game was a game that I think a lot of Packers fans, if we're honest with ourselves, would have circled as a loss. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's amazing to see people writing them off because they did a thing for the radio on Saturday talking about, you know, is Patrick Mahomes, has he been found out, is he done? And it's it's amazing, Pete, and I kind of laugh as well in, in, in jest because the trick to Patrick Mahomes, allegedly, and it doesn't always work because the Eagles got absolutely waxed, but the trick apparently to Patrick Mahomes is not to blitz him, is to force him to stay in the pocket, throw it and cover up uh, people downfield. And I was sort of thinking like, you know, the, the Packers of old, that was their absolute modus operandi. You know what I mean? Not get pressure up front. That was a dream. I mean, talk about <laughs> that. that was an absolute dream. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be a tough game. And as you said, anybody sort of saying like, oh, they figured Patrick Mahomes out. His numbers in prior years speak for themselves, as does the 503 million dollar contract over 10 years too and um, but yeah as you said he's a he's a special special player and if you look at we're talking all podcasts about the quality of coaching staff and they've got really one of the best there when it comes to Andy Reid as well yeah and that's the that's the exact thing isn't it is is even if they've you know opposing defense and it's a big if but even if they have found a weakness or a way of dealing with it today let's not think that Andy Reid isn't then going to come up with something else yeah yeah. Um, you know, th- this, this is a guy that learned to coach under Mike Holmgren. So it's a huge Packers connection. So he's a good coach. Very good coach. I love that. We're, well, we're not biased at all. Like, oh, he's linked no, to the no. Packers. So he must be great, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could I could talk about Elliot Wolf as well. But let's not. Uh, anything else to say about the... I know we didn't really sort of focus in on the stats of the game. It's more of sort of a general emotion and uh, feelings around this uh, Packers team, uh, Pete. But anything that stands out to you before we rest... Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we're disappointed with a couple of in- injuries and, and we're going to have to see how, um, you know, missing Robert Tonyan works out, what they do at tight end. I th- I think they're probably going to go with what they've got. Yeah. Um, you know, with with Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara and Dominique Daphne and those guys. Um, but, you know, obviously it's disappointing for for Robert Tonyan on a personal level to, to be out for the season with that kind of injury and, and for the Packers to miss him. But I think they'll overcome that. Um same with Kylin Hill. Um, mm. You know, it was a guy that really shone in preseason, didn't he? Really showed us what he could what he could do. Yeah. Um, and many opportunities, which you would expect during the regular seasons. But but sad to see him go down with with the injury. So it's kind of a couple of downsides, if you like, to Thursday night's game. But other than that, you know, you look across the board and you look across the roster and you think that guy contributed. That guy contributed. You know. Really, you know, Whitney Merciless for the number of snaps that he was in there was fantastic. Again, for the second for the second week in a row, you know, um, and that kind of stuff can get easily missed. Um, so no, just really, really, really positive thoughts. It was nice to be able to sit back on a on a Sunday and watch the other NFC North teams um, not do so well, shall we say? That was that was. <laughs> You're very polite. That was, <laughs> that was that was nice to watch. Um, so yeah, 
onwards and upwards. It's all coming together. I mean, when you look at the NFC North, it's an absolute toilet bowl of play and just results for everybody else, which kind of alleviates the pressure for us to go and do what we have to do as well, Pete, which is great. But um, yeah, look, super encouraging. It's going to be great. We're so close to going over to Green Bay ourselves now. So for week <laughs> 10 against the Seahawks, I absolutely Fantastic. can't wait. I still don't even know what the actual COVID protocol is for some of these airports. I know that everyone going on the trip will be double vaxxed. We've never done it like this before, Pete. We're going from London to Chicago, driving up to Madison, catching the Badgers game, then driving up to Green Bay, catching the Packers v Seahawks win, um, and then hanging out in the, the pro shop probably for two days straight. So um, there's been an awful Somebody... lot of mortgage keys going back to the <laughs> bank, Pete. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, take your dollars. Because um, yeah. oh, the pro shop, you, you, can, you could spend two days in there. You could spend a lot in there, Pete. Uh, not every two days. So I think we measure it in money this time around. Uh, it's just, yeah, the kids' college fund, that's gone. So maybe, don't, you know, it's bad times. But I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Also, the website, ukpackers.co.uk, has been revamped. It's an awful lot easier, easier to read. It's simple. Um, I'm going to put meetups up there when we can get them going. I'm just a bit skittish when it comes to COVID. We also don't know what games are on tv and the main problem that i have all the time organizing meetups is is that i get a place in line and they say yes and then they say they don't have the license to do nfl uh, game pass games the only place that really does it is the hippodrome in london and um, everywhere else just you know can't do it and they go off the head office and they sort of mess us around for a couple of weeks before they come back and say no we can't but can we interest you in this lions game which the answer of course is no you can't even get Lions fans in uh, to the Lions game um, so look uh, that that's it I guess we'll be back um, and dare I say for quick snaps oh the quick the pause for your behavior I just want to be clear that is not the tagline and I will not be getting t-shirts uh, made with that we have to get Darnell Sauvage on and do um, quick snapage for Darnell Sauvage or maybe Ram- Matt Ramage maybe we could say quick snapage with Matt Ramage peace maybe yeah. something like that yeah. <laughs> neither of those people will agree to come on uh, so there we go from myself at NFL, from himself at IT Hedgehog and of course go and follow the groups at UK Packers and get into Patreon if you're so inclined but until quick snapage go Pack go go Pack go are you doing it I was doing it <laughs>